So let's just kick it off. I mean, why not? All right, ask me any question. All right, Sam. What have so, you what have you like wondered about me that you just can't put a finger on it or you just don't know? Well, to start, I don't think I really know much about like your um like what led you to do art in the first place, like your art bringing, I mean your upbringing and like the beginning of your yeah. artistic journey. That's a fun story. Um I mean, I've been doing it all my life pretty much. Um yeah, it's funny. I actually, uh, I haven't like listed for sale or anything, but I think I, I minted like my first, the oldest art piece that I own is when I was three years old of a portrait of my family. And I remember, uh, my like, uh, preschool teacher or something was like, told my mom, she was like, your kid is uh pretty artistic he should, you know, keep, keep doing it. Um, and that's kind of been like the story of my life of like, for me, I grew up in, um, a lot of like smaller schools, so a lot of private schools. And so whenever you're good at anything as a kid, you feel pretty proud of yourself. And I was always that art kid (laughs) in my class. Um, and probably what inspired me the most to like get into art was my parents, um, because my dad. My dad is like an Excel genius. He's a really like smart guy, um, but he's never like pursued. He's done music and art, but he's never like pursued it as a career. Um, but what he used to do growing up um, in certain homes that we had was having a little spot where he, he used to do a lot of abstract pastels. Um, and one house that we had in the country at a young age, he would do it in the attic. And he had like this little corner. It's like this secret stash of like all this art supplies and he would get it out and I would go up there and watch him. Um, And I was always really inspired by that. And then my mom used to do a lot of photography, a lot of film photography. She, she did mostly like weddings and events. Um, But she would, uh, I forget what it's called, but where you have, they're like little small prints um, with like frames of plastic. And you had to use the little eyepiece to like, look at them. What's it called? Um, but Wait, say the description again. It's like uh, shooting film; like it would like be printed out like on a really small, uh, like clear uh, picture. Oh, sort of like use... a viewmaster. Yeah, yeah, and she would do a lot of that stuff, and then you know you mark them like your favorites and stuff like that. But it was like this whole process, you know, before digital became digital photography became a thing. Um, and she worked for a woman that. Uh, ran a photography studio and was her assistant for many years. Um, this was like in preschool, middle school, up to middle school for me. She did that for a while. And so I like, I was surrounded by like creative things that my parents had done throughout the years. And, um, you know, for me, I've always gone through phase, like a lot of people that you go through phases of expressing yourself and, you know, it ranged from like getting into origami it went, you know, I was into like customizing pogs when pogs were a thing. Um, I was into like figuring out how to fold dollar bills into cool origami, you know, like those cool animals and stuff. And I used to like to take apart things a lot. Like I went through a phase of uh, I was a part of this like after school program where you would take apart like microwaves or just electronic things. And I actually have this huge scar, scar in my belly. 
where I like pinched myself with these like ginormous magnets. Um, it always reminds me of that time. But uh, and then also we would build like little battery powered motor, uh, like we'd hot glue like wooden sticks and make like a car out of it or something. And so I was always into like making things or like using my hands to do stuff. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've always drawn though. So like that drawing that I have when I was like three years old, that's been in my family. It's always been in like our house. Um, that was always like the, the root of me doing art. And I was always doing art class every year in school growing up in each grade and and then after probably around in middle school um so i was into sports a lot growing up like i actually played soccer all my life i played football i played basketball like played au basketball would travel i played club soccer i was on an olympic development team playing soccer so like i spent a lot of my life like doing sports related things um and even like played in college for one year for soccer and um I don't look like it now. I'm a huge fatty, but, uh, yeah. So I like, I was either doing soccer all year round or I was doing art on my free time. Uh, and like during the summers after like football practice or something, my mom would take me to like do, um, private art lessons with, with all these old ladies. This was like in middle school and they'd always be obsessed with like doing Christmas themed things and like painting and drawing Santa Claus, which was always kind of weird to me, but they had like some classes for kids and so I'd go there and and uh, learn how to do, like, old, like, Rembrandt or, like, old, like, artists and basically, like, just recreate or copy certain segments of their art pieces or something. And I still have a lot of, a lot of those with my parents. But uh, that was kind of, like, as, basically, it's, like, my parents always encouraged it. And that was something I'm, I've always been really thankful, thankful for is they always saw that I had some kind of talent and they just always, you know encouraged me to continue it and one thing that my i will say that my dad really spoke into me from a young age is you know he he gave up his creative endeavors uh to support my family or what he thought he could do to support our family by working uh in finance and working in excel all day, all day. but he told me that he hated what he did and he was like don't ever do what you you don't like you know like do pursue the things that you're most passionate about and that's for me, it's always been art. Um, so I have like a unique journey. I, I could get into the whole like how I like I actually work as a designer. So I write, actually, today I work as a senior designer for a creative agency. And I do a lot of like branding and UX and UI design that I don't share at all online. <laughs> but that's like what I pay the bills with, actually. Uh, but I did go to art school. Uh, I went to college for like three years. But as a kid in college with no real direction, I, I didn't really know what I wanted. And I, I actually wasn't really happy with the the program that I was in and ended up dropping out and just traveling. Um, kind of like I had never traveled before until college. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I went to Mozambique and stayed in the AIDS orphanage and that kind of like blew my mind. Um, that was like sophomore year of college and, and then from there, I thought I was going to be some, like, humanitarian creative artist or something. I was just going to travel the world and work with nonprofits and stuff. And I actually did a lot of that for a little bit. But then I got really sick when I, I went to Rwanda uh, for, like, doing work for a coffee company. Um, 
and I got an E. coli infection that made me bedridden for like almost a year. Um, and that was kind of like a, a really big time or like fork road in my life where I like, I didn't really have a whole lot of direction of what I was wanting to do. Um, and also I just didn't really have a sense of like community or like really close friends uh, because I was always traveling. Uh, and that, that kind of came to a point where I was like, okay, I really want, I want to be like more sustainable in my life, uh, whatever that looked like. And then I ended up getting a job at a t-shirt screen printing company and worked there for almost five years and moved up to where I live now, which is in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So that's kind of a, a fast track of like getting into the design world, but I'll, I'll pause there and let you ask any questions or anything. Yeah. Wow. That was, uh, that was a lot, Sam, all at once. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, I really had not heard, I don't think any of that from you, um, yet. So that was, that was really cool. Um, it's really nice to, you know, grow up with that sort of creative support from your parents like that and like that enthusiasm. And it makes, uh, exploring those like creative endeavors so much easier because you feel like you have, I guess, a a more, um, genuine sense of confidence because you're not fighting necessarily like every day internally with the people that are closest to you about, what you're doing um was there ever any like real specific uh challenges that you remember encountering encountering that uh stood out to you for like i don't know uh a more poignant reason than some of the others like i know you said you were bedridden for for nearly a year but were there any other uh pivotal moments in your life like that um I've, I would say I've been pretty privileged most of my life, um, but I have had a lot of illnesses and injuries that I didn't mention that have kind of like sidelined me, I felt like, from just living my life. Um, at one point, I had a stress fracture in my back from, from sports, and I've had three shoulder surgeries, and uh, also for a whole year, I had an inner ear infection where I was seasick all the time and used to have to take Finnegan to help with my seasickness. And this was like all through like high school and like parts of college. Um, so like there's different points as far as those kind of random things. Some of it was sports related, but it was just kind of like things that I kind of had to like, I felt like I was making progress in my life. And then also, and then all of a sudden was just kind of sidelined and like told to stop, you know? And that always sucks whenever you have something happen to you and you're like, well, damn, I was like doing really well. Right. And where I felt like I was in a really good spot uh, and kind of got, you know, kind of went like two steps backwards or something. But outside of that, uh, getting sick in Rwanda, that was the that was probably the biggest thing as far as uh, how it shifted, like my direction in life, I guess, because if it wasn't for that happening, I probably would just be traveling like all the time and did not only do an art, but do, I did a lot of like photography and videography and uh, other things, other creative things. Um, but when I was, uh, I had to stay with my parents and get well for every year. And that was when I really got into digital illustration, uh, because that was the easiest thing that I could do at home. Um, And I also was working with an art gallery where I lived and I sold art and, and, and did art shows and stuff, but that was like a lot slower and not as efficient, you know? I mean, obviously most of y'all know that 
working uh well i was working with a wacom tablet on photoshop and learning how to paint with that but that was when i figured out like i could like make something every night and share it and that was like at the height of uh when instagram like got really popular and i made a lot of friends through instagram like other creatives and that was like one of the most inspiring times for me as a as a as an artist was like being surrounded with other creatives because most of my life, like I said, I, I grew up in small schools, small private schools, and there wasn't a whole lot of other creatives. I was mo- mostly just like the only art guy. Like I won all the art awards every year. I was always like disputed as like the art person. Um, so it's kind of <laughs> funny, like looking back at that, where now with Twitter and NFTs, it's like 10 times that of <laughs> that inspiration where you're surrounded with like a million other artists uh so it's been a lot of it's been a fun ride you know the past couple of years uh getting to meet a lot of y'all um but yeah so um at what point in time do you think that you kind of found your groove in the art world because i know for many artists in this space and outside of this space even there's that time period where you're like yeah i like art and you're like yeah i'm doing art and then it's usually not till a while later where you're finally like yeah this is what i do um probably when i walked into what i i mentioned that art gallery uh i was in art i was studying art at my university university of arkansas here and i wasn't really happy with the program but i was visiting home one one weekend or during the summer or something and i walked into this art gallery and the owner he asked me he was like are you an artist and i was like uh actually yeah i'm 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 an artist but i'm a student as well and he's like do you have anything that you could show me he was just curious and i just pulled up some of my different you know projects that i had worked on in class and probably the first thing that really like made a really big impact or like set me off of where I thought that I was like a real artist um, or at least like heading in the direction of becoming like a pro- professional artist or whatever you want to say um, was I freshman year of college. I, my drawing one teacher had the whole class go and buy vinyl flooring. You know, that, that rolled up kitchen flooring that you can buy at home Depot or Lowe's. He had us all buy that. And then we would take it into um, the huge, studio that we had and nail it up on the on the wall and do like a nine foot piece of like a famous figure and my my first drawing my my first large-scale charcoal drawing that i ever did was like nine foot tall nine feet tall and it was of marlon brando from the godfather because i just was like into the godfather at that time i just thought it was badass uh and it was probably like the piece that i was most like i was most proud of that i had ever made at that up to that point um and realizing, like, I, I always love drawing the most, but, like, seeing my work on a larger scale or, like, being able to make something at a large scale, it, it made me feel like I was more, uh, I don't know. It was just, like, a bigger deal for me. But so, anyways, the the owner of the galleries, had saw, he saw that piece and another large one that I did of a, of, of a child, like a portrait of a child. And he invited me to be an art, like represented as an artist at the gallery. And that, that was the first time I'd ever thought, I never even thought I'd be a part of a gallery up at, at that moment. Um, 
But when that happened, I ended up having like my first solo show and I sold out my show, um, my first art show I ever had. And, you know, having all these wealthy people come to my art show, like in like, I don't know, just like big figures from the local, you know, community coming out and like connecting with my work. That was probably like the first experience that I had where I really felt like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, you know? So, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so I had a question kind of switching gears a little bit, uh, back in September, you minted a work using T Joe's, uh, CCO blue. And I was wondering, you know, I, I haven't seen you do any other pieces using CCO material. Uh, how does, you know, like collecting from an artist like T Joe, I know you've collected a few of his editions prior does that like shape your decision of what artists you use their creative commons stuff as input for your work or what made you have that final decision that, yeah, I do want to make a piece using blue. Um, well, I'll, I'll touch on the CCO part, but what mostly inspired me to do that blue piece was just seeing other artists, you know, it was like a movement basically. And I just wanted to be a part of it. Um, I, I had been, you know, I had seen uh, T Joe's stuff for a while and I actually hadn't um, collected a piece of his prior. Um, the only editions that I've had, it have been gifted to me actually. So, um, but seeing what other, what other creatives were doing, was just kind of like this inspiring movement, you know, this kind of like this moment in time that I wanted to be a part of. And I wanted to create something that was meaningful and, and also kind of touching on like, you know, when I, when I see the color blue, I just thought of like using the words, even when I'm blue, I think of you. And that, that was kind of tied into whenever I'm d feeling down, I think of my wife and like flowers bloom out of my head, you know, in my thoughts, like life come, you know, things come alive basically. So that was kind of the inspiration behind that. But as far as like using CCO work, um, a lot of what I try to do, I try to use a lot of my own subjects, but if there's anything that I use that's outside of like my own reference material, like taking my own photography, I've used a lot of free stock photos but also, I, uh, when I was first starting out, I was I would go on uh, Flickr, the Creative Commons for Flickr. Um, there was like a lot of old, outdated, uh, free images. I don't know if you're familiar with that, with your background with National Geo. But um, yeah, there's a lot of like resources out on the internet that you can use. You know, so I've uh, I've definitely taken advantage of of that that kind of stuff. Yeah, I am familiar with that, but more because of my background of hanging out with a lot of digital collagists and their constant search for assets. Yeah, Unsplash, Unsplash is like, and it's kind of funny, like now you see a lot of uh, photos on different websites. And now, that, you know, I've been working in the design world. I see a lot of people's websites using the same photos from Unsplash or Getty and stuff like that. And so I'm, I've been pretty familiar with using stock photos as references for a while. and um, But I, I tend to try to use things that 
are a little bit more personal to me. Um, and I, I've actually been experimenting with uh, using Mid Journey and Dolly, of like throwing my old works through Dolly, and then also trying to create um, my own reference material in Mid Journey. Um, and if there's not any, if there's something that I like can't work it out, what what's in my head, then I'll use other reference material where I'll just take my own pictures. A lot of times I take pictures of like my family or my friends or something like that. So. Hell yeah, Sam. That's, uh, that's awesome. And you know, you talk about like the oftentimes of, of using your own references or seeing, um, other people repeat the same references and do you feel that between those two there's really any sort of difference as long as you're effectively using the reference like to your advantage or do you feel that one is like better than the other when it comes to achieving a goal that you're looking for does not really matter um that's a good question i think a lot of it is like what you're trying to say you know the story um i try to I mean, if I'm using something or if I'm trying to tell something that is about my wife or my, my, my daughter or uh, even myself, like I tend to want to try to use, you know, those individuals as the references. But if it's just not physically possible to, to get it done, then I'll try to either recreate or find something that's similar um, that I can mold and, and, you know, use. So I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think about that as that too much, but yeah, I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Uh, um, when it comes to your creative process, um, we can see that you really like to explore like, it, I guess, values and, and emotion through different, um, methods of like collage and, and visual storytelling. So would you mind taking us through a little bit of uh, what drives your inspiration for communicating an idea through a piece of artwork? Yeah. Uh, a lot of my work I would say is pretty introspective. Um, kind of like looking in the inner self. Um, I usually have a figure in my work or a person or just, something going on that involves like an environment with a person because I try to find myself in wh whoever, um, you know, I'm, I'm painting. And a lot of the time I try to capture like this, this process of moving from point A to point B in life, whether that you're transitioning through a season of life or you're going somewhere. And I also try to touch on like different metaphors, like spiritual metaphors. I come from a actual, I come from a religious background, but I don't try to per se, like just push religious messages through my work. But I just, the, the thought of like an afterlife or connecting with my creator, uh, whatever that looks like for somebody, like I'm trying to express that sometimes. Um, and also just like, for me, I try to create work that I can emotionally connect to, but also like help might help me see something in a new light. And hopefully the viewer can like connect with it as well or see themselves in the art piece. Um, 
or just like help see help somebody see like where they're at in life or um i don't know like be able to sit with it and and be changed in some way um or just think through see something through a different lens that they haven't seen before um and a lot of my work a lot of it had you've seen a lot of my stuff as in black and white and I try to have a balance of like the light being in the darkness and like, you know, it's kind of funny with my last name as being gray, but I try to have a blend of the light and dark and it kind of resembles how life is, you know, it's not black and white. It's just kind of like this gray blend, this messy blend and um, trying to highlight um, the light and the darkness um, because, you know, for me, I've had a lot of dark moments in my life and being able to just create something to express myself. It's, it's just kind of how I'm able to deal with things. It's, it's basically like my journal uh, of, of making art and, you know, whatever I'm going through or whatever I see someone else going through close to me, you know, sometimes I want to capture that and tell that story. But a lot of the time, most of the time it's, it's usually something that I've experienced in the past that I want to revisit or it's something that's currently going on around me or happening to me. And it's just my way of expressing that. So, um, yeah. And your work has always, uh, been at least in the NFTs that I can view has always kind of leaned heavily on the monochrome. I was wondering, has that, been like historically true have you always preferred black and white was there like a seminal moment at some point along the way where you just found like no i i don't really want to use color or what's the what's the drive behind that what pushed the black and white mostly was doing the charcoal work in college and that kind of just catching on so like when I was describing or telling that story about the art gallery thing and doing my first art show, it was all black and white charcoal work. And I really fell in love with that. And so, uh, and I would say that drawing and pencil and like graphite has always been my number, like my biggest passion all throughout my life. But I have enjoyed different seasons of, of painting with a lot of color. And lately I've been trying to incorporate that back into my process uh, and not try to just brand myself as just like a black and white artist w with what I was initially trying to do when I got into NFTs. Um, there was a time actually where I used to do live paintings, like performance art, um, like for events, like for businesses, nonprofits and stuff. And I would go and paint with tons of color and do like those crazy things where you flip the canvas, you know, it's kind of like performance art. Um, I used to do that for a while, for about two years, and it really wasn't my thing. I kind of, I don't know, I hate being on stage. I hate being behind a mic, and I hate being on stage because, one, I don't have any, I don't have an ass, but also just, like, I don't know, just having your back against the crowd. It's just, like, the most awkward thing. Um, but uh, I, a buddy of mine used to play music, and we would do that as, like, a band, like an experiential band where he would play music, and then I would create art pieces, like paintings, that were inspired by his songs and it was really fun, but I just like, man, it's like one of the most draining, uh, not just physical, but just the, the thought of like, not e somebody watching every single move that you make and like every mistake is just, you know, uh, it, it's just, it's, it's very, uh, chaotic, I guess. But, 
um, is well, fun for some people. We're glad that you have a mic and you're on stage tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Sam, I am very curious about the process of being one of those sort of like procedural, like process painter, entertainment painter things, because I think yeah. that is such a cool thing because of the approach that you have to take to making those things. And I was wondering if you could maybe just go into that process a little bit more for us. Yeah. Um, usually I would start with a theme or a story, some kind of a narrative. I, w- I didn't do a lot of just make it up as I went abstract paintings. I would try to do more illustrative. Like I'm trying to like get something across and I would, I would, either focus in on like one of my friend's songs that he would write or just like something that I thought I wanted to share. And then I would uh, basically sketch it up on my iPad or on, on Photoshop or clip a bunch of pictures together. Uh, Cats kind of similar to your process, like find a bunch of images and just chop them all up, cut them all up with scissors, you know, dig- digital scissors and just kind of trick, put something together where I could use that as a visual to, to end up painting. And then I would just kind of, as I would be painting during the show, I would just kind of have a little printout on the ground or next to me um, and just kind of go at it basically. And whatever I ended up is what I ended up with. And usually I would just paint for like an hour max or at, at minimum an hour and then I, there was a couple times where I went like up to two hours but not very often it's usually around at like an hour an hour and a half and the whole goal is to like have a finished piece you know at that that time period you know once that's up and um, you kind of have to mentally like uh, keep track of that because if you aren't really paying attention <laughs> or like the speaker is done you know like you know like the speaker is going to talk this hot you know this long you need to know that you need to like kind of hit that climax at a certain point uh basically or knowing like if i was going to flip the piece or if i had like a piece of tape taped over a a portrait of a person's eyes and i like one of my pieces kind of similar to my profile picture even uh i did like a whole painting of like a portrait of somebody but the whole song that my my friend sung was about like not like a homeless person not being seen or known as like a human being and at some point during the live show, I like pulled this piece of tape that like removed his eyes. And then at the end of the song, like painted gold over his eyes. Uh, Cause like basically like speaking towards like how, you know, God saw him as like a, a beautiful, you know, living being just like everybody else. Um, so it was, it was like that had to happen a certain time and in a certain way. And I had like a plan, you know, and I had to execute on that. And that's pretty nerve wracking. But once you do it a few times, you kind of have this process where, you know, like you just have this flow, basically, where you're trying to, like, just get it done. But um, that's kind of like a quick way of going about it. Going back to chatting a little bit about your black and white pieces and some, you know, pieces with figures in them. Uh, I was hoping we could talk a little bit about your collection Wander Lost that's on OpenSea. Yeah. Um, So on it, the description on all the pieces, I believe, is we wander, we get lost, and then we find ourselves. And I was wondering if you could just uh, share a story about a time that you were lost in life and what you found in that. 
Oh man. Uh. I know. I'm just hitting you with a hard one. Yeah. No. Well, I kind of shared it with the whole experience with getting sick with E. Coli, and and from that, I had to have like, I don't know, probably like up to fifty different surgeries from that and I, I definitely felt lost in that uh, or like you know didn't feel like I was ever going to fully heal from that experience um, and uh, also just like loss of relationship you know when you tie your I, I've had a couple relationships where one time I I chased a girl I, I, I did that thing and I moved to Alabama in Tuscaloosa and it's probably the worst city I've ever lived in don't ever live in Tuscaloosa Alabama but uh, I chased a, a girl to try to make a relationship work once, and it was one of the most like difficult times of my life where I just didn't feel loved or wanted and was basically asked to move somewhere and was not given the time of day. And I like, literally put everything on my life on pause for this person, and uh, I always felt like I had to prove myself to them uh or like try to earn their love basically and that's something thankfully i I don't have that with my current partner and wife but um that was like a a time where i really really felt lost and the the only thing that i could really connect with during that time was certain like songs you know thank god for song for music but i've also like created art pieces like that were inspired from that time period and uh, and just going back to that uh, collection that you brought up, Wanderlust is like, you know, sometimes, and I agree, I really believe in that statement of like, sometimes we really have to lose ourselves to find ourselves. Uh, we really have to like have experiences in our life or whether that's intentionally or unintentionally, like where we really have to feel like we don't know who we are, like what, what our identity is or like what we t- tie our value or like our beliefs in to be able to like figure it out, you know, or like to push through and figure it out and and to find ourselves in the process, you know, it's all about the process. Right. So, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean that, you know, everybody has their heartbreak story and I've had a couple, but that was like a really big one for me where like, I literally like gave everything, up and I really like pursued something that I really wanted and I wasn't accepted in any way and uh was really like lost in that like not knowing you know what I was doing basically so uh yeah so I don't know ready I know I'm hogging the mic so you're allowed to no. jump in no no not at all honestly like it's it's an interesting uh, dynamic having two different interviews at the same time because I, I like being able to, you know, have like a little follow up here and there if I have a specific question or anything. But this is this has been great so far. I'm 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 happy to have you here, and this has been a great conversation. So don't don't worry about uh, apologizing if you have any, you know, additional questions for Sam. And ready, I will add, and just going back really quickly to that original uh, collection, that was my first collection I'd ever done. That was on OpenSea. And all of those pieces, so that was before, like, all of the, like, uh, uh, AI, you know, generated art came about. And, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of it and being used in certain ways now. But, um, 
you know, a lot, all those pieces were just made up out of my head. So just to kind of like share like my process, like those pieces, I just made up out of my head, um, out of the blue. So I've like, as far as how I always use different processes, like with creating, it's just whatever I'm, I'm feeling, you know, sometimes I'll use references, sometimes I won't. Um, and usually the more abstract pieces are loose or just like, black and white, small figurative pieces. I don't really need any, any reference for, I just kind of make it up. Um, but if it's like, obviously like a really detailed portrait of somebody or, you know, I'll, I'll use something, but, uh, just wanted to touch on that. I have, I have, um, a question now, like that I'm, that I'm curious about. Um, so, when you're creating artwork, do you set out to capture an idea or do you get inspired by a feeling and try to recreate it? Or is it just sort of like a case by case basis for you? Like, Oh yeah. It's just case by case, man. Okay. Um, do you feel that either one of those like sort of dominates what, what you set out to do or is it sort of just really uh, like kind of all over the place? I'm all over the place. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it might be like something very clear, like that I am like setting out to do, you know, from the start. And then other times I just dive in and just let myself get lost in some music or an edible or whatever, <laughs> and just like find meaning in it afterwards, you know, and that I think both ways are great. So. Nice. Do you have any um any specific things that remain like a true constant within your process? Is there any like music that you listen to? Any like mm. things that you watch in the background? Any like pre art creation rituals? Like, is there anything that is a constant like in the creation process of your work? Man, I I do listen to music. A lot of the time, uh, I would say probably if, I mean, man, I listen to all kinds of stuff. Listen to like, yeah, I, the only kind of music I don't really listen to, even though I live in Arkansas, is country music. But um, I love having music. I love having things going on in the background, uh, whether that be a YouTube. I, I mean, I'm really into food vlogging. <laughs> watch, cool. I watch food bloggers, tra- like people that travel the world and just try out interesting foods. And I'll just have that on in the background while I paint. And, and other times I just need, you know, music and silence. And then other times I'm I'm in the burrito discord, you know, chilling with the Doritos, you know. Hell yeah, and man. To y'all just like say a bunch of shit and I will just laugh here and there. And but I'm, you know, I just it doesn't matter, man. Um, so as far as rituals go, it's just really it's the ritual of like planning to make something because my life is pretty hectic. I I have a daughter, I have another one coming in January and I have a full-time job that like just completely zaps my brain every day. And if I'm not like making the ritual of like planning to, to create or sitting down to create, um, then about half the time I'm not going to do it or even more just because I'm so exhausted. So I'd say that's about (laughs) my only ritual is like deciding to actually paint something or make something. That's actually a great segue for a question I had for you. And, um, 
first off, congratulations on the kid on the way. But uh, oftentimes when I'm interviewing artists, especially in the NFT space, uh, many of the artists here are younger folk and uh, don't have kids. And I was wondering how having kids has changed and shaped both the art you make and like how you delegate time around making art. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, actually being a father now, I don't think a whole lot about it because I enjoy being a father so much. But when you really look at it and take a step back, you realize how you realize how little time you have, uh, unless you're ignoring your, your child or your, your partner, you know, whoever is closest to you, um, you know, those are priority in my life, those, those individuals. And, you know, my greatest creation, my greatest art piece is my child. And that's how I view my, my children, um, as those are my greatest masterpieces that I want to paint and pour into, um, you know, and that's a worthy investment. Um, you know, obviously I want to create my own art, you know, that's obviously it's a separate thing, but I'm trying to tie that in together. It's like, I view it as part of what I'm leaving behind on this earth as one of my, you know, my greatest creation is, is the children that I leave, you know, when I die, but also my art. Um, and I want to have, I want to be able to give my energy to both, you know, and it is, it is very difficult to, to find time. Um, because you really have to make it like, there is no, just like, I'm going to paint whenever I feel like it, if I wake up, you know, and, feel like creating one day i used to be able to do that but uh now it's like if i don't use this two to three hour time period in the late in the evenings i'm not going to be making anything all throughout the week so um you know it's really just that short time where i I have to connect with my friends whether it's my art friends here on twitter and discord or or just playing a video game for a little bit um you know i really have to choose like if if these are these two or three hours that I'm going to have after dinner and, you know, do the ritual of like getting my child down into her bed and, and loving on her and reading five to 10 books with her every night. Uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta prioritize and, and make time for it. So, um, it's not easy, but I don't, I just don't think about it. I just do it, you know? How do you order your burrito? <laughs> oh man, I like black beans. Um, that's usually the hardest decision is figuring out what kind of beans I want to do. But I really lean more towards black beans. I like the. Um, there's a local place. I you know I love I love me some uh, chipotle. But uh, okay, here's the trick. So usually I do like a burrito bowl where the the tortilla is flat inside the bowl and you can get a lot more food in it. So you bet you eat about half of it and then you can roll it up after and have a second meal later if you want. But usually I'm just a big fat. So, so I, I eat it all, but uh, that's, that's the first trick. And, you know, I, I tend to go, if I'm feeling a little spicy, I go spicy chicken, um, black beans. I always love doing all the free perks. So like corn, black olives, uh, shredded cheese, sour cream, 
you know, guac is ex- extra, so I usually don't get guac. But and then I do the pico de gallo, and then I whatever the spice is, salsa because I love spice. Um, and then as far as the kind of tortilla that I like, I like green spinach or something that's like you know either a little extra, you know, not just the plain one. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever feel? Do you ever feel that um, there's like a certain type of media that like influences your art uh, more specifically than any other, Sam? I'd say music. I draw a lot from music. Even like my latest piece that I did, Wooden Heart, uh, is about a song called Wooden Heart by a listener. And I've shared, I shared a little bit about it when I originally shared that piece, but, um, yeah, there's certain songs and musicians that I always go back to and like me sharing about that experience of that past relationship I had in Alabama, there was a couple songs that like I listened to during that time that will always stick with me and always remind me of that experience, you know, of that season of life. Um, and I draw a lot of inspiration from that. Um, and it's like music is what helps you get through things a lot of the time. And, uh, I love poetry a lot. My wife actually writes a lot. She writes way more than I do. She writes every day and night and she writes a lot, a lot of poetry. And, um, I do draw a lot of inspiration from her as well lately. If I feel like I have a creative block or something, I'll ask her like, Hey, what are you writing about? Like, what are you reading? What's speaking to you right now? And, try to listen to her and see if anything that I can connect with. Um, so I do that sometimes as well, but um, yeah. If I remember correctly, you reside in Arkansas, right? Arkansas. That's right. Yeah. So I was wondering, um, you know, if we could learn a little bit about where you live, that the average person on this space who most likely hasn't, decided to take a big vacation down to Arkansas uh, wouldn't know about Arkansas and like what's going on there. I would say most of the state is not that interesting, but Northwest Arkansas and the Ozarks is, is pretty interesting. Um, a lot of outdoors and just beautiful landscapes here. Uh, our mountains are a lot smaller than other mountains, but it is a lot of hills and, just beautiful outdoors here that people love to do mountain biking and climbing and all that kind of stuff. And we have some rivers and, and lakes and stuff like that. But uh, I would say like in Fayetteville, Northwest Arkansas area, like it's actually where Wally's world headquarters is. So actually for my day job, I do a lot of work for like Sam's club and Walmart and other big companies that are uh, headquartered here. But, uh, they've actually poured a lot of money. So like Alice Walton started um, an amazing art museum called Crystal Bridges. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's probably one of my favorite art museums I've ever visited. I've I've been to the MoMA, I've been to the Met, and I've been to Chicago and visited some of those. And uh, man, it is really up there. Like the the kind of art there that uh, you you know it compares equally as other places that I've been to and um and being in a college town so I live in a college town and so it's a lot of just mix of all kinds of people which I like I don't like uh and 
Um, as far as like good food goes, I would say there's a lot of really good Mexican food. Um, there's all kinds of food, but I really love the Mexican food. I love the Thai food. And there's a couple good Indian places, but if people were coming here for a trip, I would definitely take them to Crystal Bridges, you know, museum, and then also just kind of get them to experience some good, Mex- some local good food and some good barbecue as well. Um, but, uh, and also I'm surprised the, you didn't mention okra. Isn't okra like the Arkansas yeah, thing? Fried okra. Who, who in the crowd here has not ever tried fried okra? I've not tried fried okra. Oh man, it's amazing. Yeah, fried okra, black eyed peas. Uh, you know, you got some like oh Hilda. Oh my god, uh, we got to change that. Uh, but yeah, man, um, it's funny. So my wife grew up in Ecuador. She was uh she grew up in the jungle in Ecuador, and she moved to the states for college. And she had never had uh, Popeyes before when we f- first started dating. And we got a lot of good fried chicken over here, too. And uh, it's not my, like, number one place, but, like, everybody's got to try a Popeyes biscuit, you know. Um, and also fried okra. She had never had fried okra before. So I was, like, it was just mind-boggling to me of, like, her not trying these certain foods ever in her life that I, like, grew up eating, you know. So it's just kind of funny. But... If you do decide to make a trip to NWA, I will definitely uh, give you um, a fun experience um, for sure. Like I'm open to taking anybody to go look at some art and and get some good food and or maybe a beer, or coffee, or anything like that for sure. Is there anywhere that you specifically want to travel to try the food of more than anywhere else? uh definitely japan i love japanese culture um i'm actually a quarter japanese so like my grandmother on my father's side is was full japanese um actually a little bit korean i did one of those dna tests and there was like seven percent korean in there but uh yeah i've never been to japan i really 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 want to go it's just it's just more on the expensive side you know i'd have to drop like if i just went by myself i could i could do it but that's not the kind of trip that I want to do alone. I want to like take my family and that obviously would be a big, a big thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, just growing up and having my grandmother like cook traditional Japanese meals for us was always a really fun experience for me whenever she would visit us. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Like she, she married a, uh, an American uh, a vet right after the war, the war, which is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I like having that connection, um, have some relatives there that I've never met, but they, they, uh, when I was first born, they sent our family, like those, you know, full size dolls with those, um, dresses like Komodo. I I forget how to say it, but the, you know, the full like dressed out crazy, uh, dolls was pretty cool, but yeah, I would love to go to Japan. It's fun. You should. Have you been cat? I have. Uh, so me and my ex went and we did, I think, 15 days and it wasn't too, too expensive. I think it came out to about 4,000 a person. So it's a yeah. little bit better than I had expected. And that was a like, do whatever you want, you know, 
don't think about money moment in my life and it didn't break the bank. Okay. That's great. Oh. I really want to go to a place where the the sushi chef like feeds me by hand like per piece. There's those kind of places where it's like there's only 5 to 10 people that can fit in these little small uh, sushi places and uh they make you a, like piece of sushi like one by one. It's an, an amazing experience that I want to have. So someday I'll do that. That's omakase. That's the that's the sushi uh, meal where they serve you and they make the individual entrees for you. Yeah, yeah. That shit is that's something that I've definitely uh, really wanted to do at least once in my life, and I, I haven't done it yet. But I'm also I, I really love sushi, and I'm I'm very um, I'm a very big fan of it. I probably eat it like you know once or twice a month, but. Um, I don't know if I want to do a full like omakase meal because I would never want to eat something that like I'm not a huge fan of and like have to eat like the whole thing and and like feel disrespectful. So uh, it's something yeah. that has intimidated me just a little bit. Yeah, I'm not I actually good. didn't eat sushi when I was in Japan. Wow. I it wasn't that I was opposed to it. It was that <laughs> there was like certain places in each city I was going to. I wanted to hit for various things like sashimi. And then, like, I don't know, just schedule and stuff. The, like, two times I had planned to do sushi just didn't work out. Oh, man. Well, I'll make that up for you whenever I get to go. (laughs) So one question I always like to ask artists when uh, I'm doing these fireside chats with them is, you know, when you think about the next six months or 12 months of your artistic career, what is like, what would you like it to look like where, you know, if you were goal setting right now, what would you say happened in these next six months or 12 months? What would be the achievement? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like time just like this stage of my life, time just flies by. Like six months is nothing to me now um, just because of, of how much it takes to get something done. Um, I would say like one thing I'm really looking forward to in this next six months, uh, even less than that is having my first like art studio built in my backyard. So I'm, I uh, thankfully I got to be a part of the gobbler's drop and that, uh, let's just say that's the biggest thing that's ever happened to me financially as far as a windfall type of thing goes. Um, and what's, what's so incredible about the timing is, you know, I'm, I'm going to be giving up my little office room that I have for our second child. And also my wife is going to be not working for three months and not getting paid either because she's her own company. Um, and so that that just came at like the perfect time to where my wife is not going to have to rush back to work, be able to spend time with our second child. Uh, and also, I'm going to be able to get a shed built and put it in my backyard that I'm going to turn into an art studio uh, with my dad. So, oh, hell um, yeah. Yeah. So that's like the biggest thing that's top of mind right now of being able to do that I wasn't going to be able to do <laughs> if it wasn't for 
that thing happening as far as the gobblers. Um, so I'm very appreciative of being, you know, that's, it's just wild, man. Like when you make friends in this space and being a part of burrito Dow, that wasn't anything that I expected to get, you know, out of like my relationships with all these other friends that I've made. Um, but I am extremely grateful that, uh, Joe and company, you know, you ready and cliff y'all participating in that project and, and just being able to be a part of it, like being on that whitelist that that's like the first thing that I've seen that artists were like invited, you know, given a, a chance for, you know, so uh, it definitely impacted my life short term. And, you know, I think that it's going to really put me in a place where I can focus a lot more, have a lot more focused time on my art because it, there are so many distractions with being inside the house. You know, my kids always like, pulling on me and everything and like always wanting to play. And I know that like, that's my favorite thing to do still, but you know, you can't really get a whole lot of time to dedicated time on just your art. So I'm really looking forward to that. And as far as like projects go, uh, I will be able to share that I have something in the works uh, since Hilda's here. I have something in the works uh, with nifty um, uh, as Hilda being the curator. So I'm really excited about that. I've, I've started to, work on some stuff for that. And so that's what I'll be doing in the, in the coming months. Um, and yeah, it, I, that's the first time I've really shared it publicly, but uh, yeah, really excited about that. And as far as like what I view as success or what it would be like successful for me in the next six months is really just me continuing to, to create and, and share and, and for people to like get to know me through my art and, um, you know, I'm really appreciative of you guys wanting to do this space with me and, you know, Triz DM'd me asking me to, to, to do this. And, you know, my biggest goal is just to be known and seen, uh, because I know that like, there's so many talented people in this space right here, even, uh, listening and just hanging out. But like, I know all of us are so creative and so talented, but sometimes you don't really feel like you're seen at all, you know, sometimes. And it's hard for me as a father and a working, you know, working full time that I always kind of feel like it's a struggle to like, for people to even know like what's going on with me because I can't share it very often. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I would view, um, you know, as far as like, getting a certain project done. I want to get the nifty thing out there and, and also just continue to build relationships and I'm going to be in Miami. So if anybody wants to meet me in Miami and hang out and vibe, uh, I'm going to be actually rooming with, uh, the, the two hosts here. So that'll be fun. Oh yeah, it'll be fun. So I'm really, really excited about that too. Um, you have to see Freddie and I were actually going to rug you. We uh, booked a different hotel entirely. We're just telling you that's the place. <laughs> well, I'm going to need that money back then. <laughs> if that's I funny. gave you the money back, it wouldn't be a rug now, would it? That's true. Hey, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, I, man, I am like, I'm ready to, I don't even care if, I know it's a great like networking thing and it will be for a lot of people, but I'm most excited about just vibing with the Ritos and, and meeting new artists and just like having a great time and also eating a lot of good food. So I'm real like, that's what I'm most looking forward to is just having a good time. So it'll be fun. Hell yeah, Sam.
Hello? <laughs> Whoops, sorry. Uh, Sam, do you feel that there's any specific um, impact that your children made upon your creative process aside from when and how you're able to create? Like, is there any sort of, like, thematic oh, yeah. shift that you had from when, uh, before they were born? Uh, I've actually created a handful of pieces that were inspired by my daughter. And I think the biggest thing that stands out for me of like seeing, experiencing, experiencing things for the first time through her eyes has been a really big joy of mine. Um, her seeing the world and being, you know, just enamored by like just very simple things. Uh, or entertained by certain things and she's very adventurous and so yeah i mean i i did a little mini series called young spirits that's on foundation that was kind of spurred by that was you know seeing my daughter and her like having like that young spirit like being adventurous and like looking up in the sky and wanting to look at the moon and find the moon and look at the stars and, or looking at bugs that are in the grass. It's like being able to be reminded to look up and down instead of just on my, the screens that I'm attached to every day. It has been a really helpful thing. So, um, yeah, man. So, and I, I, uh, I wouldn't say that like, I didn't think about, some of those things i don't know how to describe it man but whenever i see her wanting to share things with me or just be curious about things and now she's starting to have conversations and asking questions about things like it makes me interested in in new ways um and also just like remember the simple things that are important in life so nice yeah that's really great. I'm glad that you you've had um, obviously a, a mostly positive experience with fatherhood from from what we've uh, heard you speak about tonight. Would you say that uh, there's any specific part of parenting that has been uh, a particular joy to you outside of that, like just wonderment and passing um, creativity and lessons down to your children, or or would you say that's the main thing? Uh. I mean, just having another human that looks to you to comfort them, the that feeling is, is very re- rewarding. Um, and, you know, as having a child, like, look to me to, to comfort and love them and, and to take care of them. Uh, yeah, it's a huge responsibility, but it's a huge honor. I just feel honored to be able to do that. Um, and, yeah, it definitely is shaping me into – I feel like just being a better human, more patient human. And just not that I'm, I wasn't an impatient person before, but just like more understanding also of just other contexts of other people's lives, you know, and like whenever <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge grump when I'm at the airport, like if I'm traveling in airports and just seeing kids going crazy, um, you know, I, I don't wish that upon anybody, any family, <laughs> any parents, but, just being more understanding has been a big learning thing for me that I'm, I'm appreciative of. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say right now, but it's been a lot of fun, a lot less sleep. I will say whenever there's sleep regression, that's part of, uh, 
raising a kid, but um, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So, hell yeah, Sam. Did you have any other questions for Sam Cat? Well, I was wondering if uh, there was anything that he wanted to chat about that we just skimmed over, skipped entirely, failed in our part to cover. Um, I mean, I've definitely done a couple projects as far as NFTs go. Like, I've I've learned a lot uh, the past year plus of trying to figure out how to share my art through NFTs and try to sell my work. Um, and I've definitely had a couple flops that have been discouraging and I've had a couple burnout phases of just being totally zapped out, you know, from social media and overwhelmed by it. But, um, I would say like overall, it's been like a huge, like positive experience for me of being able to, to meet so many wonderful people and other creatives that I've I've never felt more inspired in my life the past um, well just my whole time in this space so that's been a lot of fun man um, and yeah I mean you know I thought like doing a huge collab with uh, a famous photographer on Instagram who I've known since the beginning of Instagram where I did a lot of animated paintings of for, that were inspired by all of his pieces. Uh, for one, it was way overpriced project at the time of release and also not a whole lot of like marketing around it. But that was something that I kind of poured myself into that just completely flopped. It was like so discouraging, man. Uh, and uh, I spent so much time like learning how to animate my artwork. And it's such a cool process. And I, I still love the pieces, but it's like, yeah, like. I feel like nobody even knows that they exist. So it's just kind of funny how that, how that went about, but uh, I'm not too worried about it. Like I'm, you know, you, you have hopes and dreams that like certain art pieces or projects are going to like make a huge splash or, you know, people are going to love it, but that's just not always the case, you know? And I'd say the biggest thing that I'd encourage everybody else listening is just to, just to keep making art for yourself, man. Like just keep expressing yourself and you know, the, the connections that you make and the people that do connect with your work along the way, like just appreciate those moments. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a, it's just a fun ride. Ready. What about you? You got any final things you wanted to ask Sam? You know what? I, I end up asking this question to most people that I talk to. If there was any other artist that you could collaborate with on any project, living or dead, from out all history, who would you want to work with and what would you want to work on? Oh, my God. Man, I don't know. I would, I would say not... I don't have an individual person, but I... I as far as collaborations go, I look to collaborate with people that connect with my work as it is. And also like us coming together 
if you feel like you have a story to tell and you feel like us coming together can tell that story better or um i don't know like like captain planet style like us bringing our rings together and making a superhero out of it like a superhero art piece that's what i want to be a part of so i'm definitely open to doing collabs with anybody um i know a lot of it is just to like if it meshes well um but that's what i kind of look to is like if our two talents can come together and like make it better than what we would do just on our own you know so yeah But you wouldn't say there's any one particular person that stands out to you that you would want to do just, like, something specific with? Not off the top of my head, man. No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. Yeah. Then um, I guess I'll, I'll ask uh, almost the inverse question. If you had just sort of, the, like, unlimited budget to do anything that you wanted to, what would you want to do, like, first? And, like, mm. what would that be? As far as creating something? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really love working large scale. And uh, that's that's the difficult thing is I don't have a whole lot of space anymore. Like, I have a lot of large scale traditional works. Um, but being able to have unlimited space and unlimited, you know, the the ability to create something so large that it's just like hundreds of art pieces into one, like on just like one giant large piece that's displayed like in a public space where it's just like this huge cylinder type of thing. Like, you know, like the, the big bean in Chicago, like something like that, but it's like this full on full experience, you know, um, that people can like participate in or something. I like the idea of doing large scale stuff, uh, projects like that, but you know, obviously um, you need a lot of funds and space for that. So yeah, that's kind of where my head goes. No, I hear that. I, I think it would be really cool to see you um, just have like full control over like an installation or something like to, to fully uh, display your work in a gallery or museum type setting. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing in other senses and collaborating with musicians and other um, artists, you know, that if I had unlimited funds, I would, you know, want to support and invest in my artist friends and like do something together. And I wouldn't want it to be just like a me thing, a me type of project, not at all. So uh, I feel like whenever people come together, you can create so much more and so much better things um, together than just by yourself. Um, I know that like, yeah, I want to continue to make art just by myself, but in the future, like if I can like invest in my, other like and other artists and like do stuff with them um that would be a goal of mine for sure would creating your own um agency ever be something that you're interested in yeah yeah for sure um i haven't made a business plan around that i mostly lean more towards like mental health stuff um because my wife is a a counselor she's a licensed therapist so doing art therapy 
and like doing those kind of things is something that I've talked a lot about doing with my wife. If there was a lot of funds for that as well, but just having a space where like other creatives can come and like, uh, be encouraged and like pursue their passions as well. Um, that's what I would want to be able to do at some point. Hell yeah. I, I think that's a really, um, that speaks to your passion as an artist wanting to like collaborate openly or just like give artists like the space and ability to, to create bigger and better things. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not no influencer. <laughs> so uh, all I can do right now is, is buy art when I can. And I love, I love buying my friend's art. Uh, I've been it. Thankfully I've been able to collect a lot of art so far. And, uh, you know, doing the simple thing of retweeting, you know, things that I like, but, or supporting my friends. Um, that's about all I can do right now, but I do have, I do want to give more for sure. And I think, I think there will be a day where I I can give more for, um, for sure. As far as like investing in my, uh, my friends and that are artists as well. And, and just, uh, giving people a platform to like, pursue their dreams you know that's always like a rewarding feeling of knowing that you like you impacted somebody's life that they can like actually do what they love as well um especially that's art related man that's such a powerful thing so uh i'd love to be able to do that yeah Well, I'm going to let you know I am actually secretly making tacos at the moment uh, because I like to blasphemy while I'm on the burrito Dow space. Mm, I love that. Fantastic. Does anybody in the audience have any questions? We could probably open it up uh, for requests if, if uh, Sam was open to that. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, if anybody has any requests, please, by all means, feel free to come on up. If not, we might uh, head towards the direction of wrapping things up here. But this has been a fabulous conversation. And again, thank you, Sam, for being here. It has definitely been a pleasure. Um, but again, uh, if anyone has any questions, please, right now is the time for uh, for you guys to come on up. So out in Ohio, I'm just going to ramble a bit while we get a couple minutes together for if anybody has questions. Um there's this fad that is like custom hot dog places where you show up and they'll put any toppings you want on a hot dog. Like you want Cheerios on it. They got you. And it's like 50 or 60 different potential toppings like jalapeno poppers, etc. What would you put on your hot dog, Sam? Ooh. I am a glizzy fan. Um, I like I like a good chili hot dog. I like uh I like meat chili. I'm not I actually like I like chili with uh with beans in it too. Um so yeah, any anything that they got, you know, some some ground beef is good. Um and then you know, sometimes if people put mustard on chili, that's fine. But I, I wouldn't necessarily hop to that. But I do like, I do like me some, uh, some Fritos, some little Frito flakes on there. 
All right, now we're starting to talk adventurous. Yeah, and some uh, some sour cream. And, you know, sour cream with chili are just, you know, two peas in a pod. So I, I like mixing that a lot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty simple for me. I mean, just some kind of cheese and chili, is, is I'd be happy. But I, I rec- when we went to Chicago, I had those, you know, Chicago dog style. And that's a completely different experience. Um, but I like those, too. Those were good. Um yeah. Yeah, Chicago Chicago dog is definitely a different style, but I feel like it's not something that the average person is like, no, never. Like it, it doesn't get very polarizing. Most people are like, yeah, I like it too. Yeah. What about you? What kind of toppings? So I like to go there and get Sour cream, hash browns, jalapenos, and uh, I think they put some cream cheese poppers in there, too. Oh, man. That sounds really good. They do some wild ones at these, like, custom hot dog shops. And there's a few of these places in Ohio. And it's not like a chain. Just people keep popping them up because they'll be like, yeah, well, it should have Doritos as an option or whatever. I love that. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a uh, hot dog related, but in some uh, places they just like cut open like a Doritos bag and just like pour all that shit in there, you know, and mix it all up. It's pretty cool. I'd like to try that someday. Oh, you're talking about walking chili. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I haven't been able to do that yet, but I've been wanting to. Oh, I have one question, guys. I have a question from uh, Hilda Broom. They were unable to uh, come on up on stage with us. They might have actually had to dip out while they were on an airplane. But um, they will be listening back to the replay at some point, I think. So this is for them. Shout out, Hilda. Thank you for all that you do (laughs) for all of us. Very uh, grateful for you. Wish you could come up here with us. Um, he would like to know what are some of your vices, Sam, if you have any. My vices. Uh, what would you describe as a vice to for you? Um, some yeah, I mean, pretty much like whatever you want. Something that you can see yourself either like maybe unwinding with relaxing with see yourself spending too much time with i don't know what 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 is advice to you sam i'm asking you i'm I'm asking you well probably like you know i can either go to like the vice in life or the vice in like my creativity and i would say i'll just answer towards like just my productivity and creativity and sometimes I feel like this isn't necessarily advice, but it can be something where you kind of fall into, like whenever I've been in a burnout phase of just playing too many video games, honestly, like just not, just feeling completely dead, you know, from work or just the week and just wanting to just veg out and just play video games and not be creative in any way. Uh, even though I was forced to be creative all day at my job. <laughs> but uh I'd probably say that's at different times has kind of been a vice of mine. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't say anything else really. Um, 
but yeah, you know, like, it's like you look up and the whole day has gone or the whole weekend's gone and all you did was play video games. Like that was kind of like a vice to your productivity, whether that be like doing art or just getting things done around the house or whatever. Um, There's definitely been times when I've had that feeling, uh, but try not to try not to go down that route. Try to be pretty disciplined for the most part. That's great. I think discipline is very important. Do you feel that um, the discipline you display in your regular life permeates into create into your creative habits, or do you feel that one is more lenient than the other in terms of discipline? Yeah, I mean, just going back to you have to make time for your creativity. Uh, for like you have to be disciplined because you're not always going to feel creative, right? Like you're not always going to love your partner every day, but you have to choose to love them. It's the same as like your, your, whatever you're passionate about. You're not always going to be passionate about all the time, uh, like 24 seven. And you, you have to be disciplined and like choose that. Uh, and if you're not like making a plan or actively choosing that activity or that, um, I don't know, just action on it, then a lot of the times you're just not going to end up doing it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, you know, for me, I I have to remind myself that there is a balance and it's like a seesaw effect. Like you're never going to have everything perfect all at, all at the same time. Like you're, whether that's your relationships, your work, your hobbies, like you're not going to be able to give full attention to all those things 24 seven. There's just too many plates to spin in our lives, you know, like to keep up with. Um, but you, you do need to kind of segment that those things and, and make sure that you're trying to have a balance um, through, you know, between all those things. Uh, and whenever, yeah, like the whole vice thing, like whenever you feel like a heavy, heavy unbalance on one end where you're just not giving any attention to the things that really matter to you, um, you know, just because it matters to you doesn't mean that like you're like, it's so easy to just not give attention to it. So yeah, just, you gotta, you gotta do something about it. You just can't let let it come to you all the time. So, yeah. No, true that. Thank, thank you again for being here, Sam. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Cat ready. up appreciate y'all taking the evening to let me ramble and hop all over the place but it is fun like it really is a great feeling to have people like just come and listen um and get to know me a little bit better and kind of get a little bit more context whether that be about my art or just who i am as a person like i my goal in life is you know we all want to be known right we all want to be seen and loved and appreciated and you know, y'all just taking the time, all of y'all that have been hanging out, like just taking the time a little bit in the, your evening just to get to know me a little bit and hear about my my story and my art. Like that means the world to me. It means a lot to me. So I really do appreciate it. Of course. Well, I'm really glad that we got the chat. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to us doing it even more soon too in Miami. It'll be fun. I'm sure we'll talk a lot more in between that time, but I'm really looking forward to that trip. Oh, man, I haven't done a trip like that in a very long time with just hanging out with my art friends. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun.
well ready. I have tacos that are all finished cooked, and I am ready to uh, shut this space down and pretend I'm eating a burrito. Um, so I think that I'm ready to shut it down if you are. Sam, yeah. are you? Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I appreciate it, y'all. All right, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for being here, Sam. I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of their night. Much love, y'all. See ya. Peace.